to pick back up where we left off uh, about our looks and challenges and health that made us not really feel confident in the way we look and then having surgeries and shifting it I look back at pictures now that I feel I am confident in who I am and this identity because like you said it's been like 10 years um, since those occurrences happened and it's wild to like I'm able to laugh at it now in a sense like oh my gosh like no wonder boys didn't like me or like how like how did I think I was so cute back then and I look and I'm like I looked like underdeveloped like I looked like a child and all these like thoughts that it's like you're almost like poking fun at yourself the way others did but like now it's funny because it's like oh well now I'm confident like I'm able to do that but like back then it's like you see that picture and you're like oh like why am I so small and why am I shorter than all my friends and it's like interesting to see that dynamic shift but also how that plays into who you are as an adult and I'm sure that you know some of those internal like struggles that you were talking about are similar and it's where you're like a kind of like an imposter syndrome where like if I show somebody a picture that knows me now of like when I was younger they're like it doesn't even look like you or like I wouldn't see like that person like if they grew up like I wouldn't think that it looks like you now Mm -hmm. and to me I'm like oh but it's me like it's just me looking older Mm -hmm. but to other people they like don't see that progression and then people who knew me when I was younger and then haven't seen me for years if they like see a picture it's like oh wow like you grew up you know like you finally look your age and surpassed your age you know Uh, and it's the way that people see you really impacts um, how you see yourself sometimes, unfortunately or fortunately, um, depending on the situation. You know, if it, they see you in a good light and that helps you see yourself better. Um, but if they see you more harshly, you know, then you, you know, you're yourself's harshest critic. So I think that is definitely interesting. It is. Yeah, and so I'm, like, I wonder, you know, what kind of tools we have, like, to to work on that or to overcome that because it's, like, I don't want to, to like, kind of be trapped by that in certain areas of my life, you know, mm-hmm. for forever. So I feel like I'm ready to kind of transcend that, but it's, like, how? How and why and mm-hmm. when? When? So to transition that or transcend that into a more <laughs> um, positive note, um, when I was younger, I had to take a medicine and it made me like gain weight. So like another identity crisis thing before I finally grew up and caught up in age, um, I like temporarily gained like, I must've been like 20 pounds. I don't know, but I was like eight years old. So like I went from like kid size six to like size 12, you know, like whatever it was, all this clothes, like for six months, like didn't fit me I had to get new clothes and then after didn't fit me and then it was too big but in the meantime it like that like hunger I had made me become obsessed with cooking Mm. and so I would watch the food channel like all the time I was like I'm gonna be a chef when I grow up I bought like all the kids cookbooks got an apron like I was always trying to cook stuff and 
it was like I think it, Piggly Wiggly and my mom called me sometimes yeah. like jokingly because I was just like I, I went from like not having an appetite to like eating everything and wanting to make everything but luckily that positive well you know at the time it was like a positive outlet um like stayed as a hobby and interest throughout my life and so I still love cooking and love like recipes and eating and all of that and that's probably like a root of where that came from and to tie this in we Michaela and I earlier we went and explored a new restaurant that opened around the corner which was called is called Farish House and it was a historic house that the like one of the first developers of the city of Phoenix lived in and owned and um, a restaurateur um, and wine expert decided to buy it up last year and slowly been renovating it and finally it's open and is a great restaurant and so we went and just were able to enjoy some quality wine and cheese and talk about how food you know plays an important role in people's lives and in traveling and understanding cultures and even getting to know each other so I want to open the floor to Michaela and ask what is uh, a great food memory that you have I feel like in general it's a lot because growing up my mom made a lot of the food for us um she went through a phase of like really trying to keep things like natural like you control what you're putting into your food and your body um and so she like expressed a lot of creativity through that process too so oh it's got to be something related to that I remember this one particular cake like a coconut cake Mm. and what was significant about that is it was like a lot of steps and for some reason I had like some responsibility in that it was like um I had to maybe bake the cake loaves and then somebody else was going to frost it or whatever. So it was kind of like a combination of this like heightened level of of dessert. You know, it's not just something you like put together in five seconds. It, like it takes intention. Um, and it was like an elevated kind of thing. Like you had to have cake flour. Like what? Um, I didn't know that that was a thing before that. And I just remember it being, like, so satisfying to eat. Um, so that's definitely, like, a food memory. Um, and then when I was living uh, in Detroit and I didn't really have a lot of family around, I drew a lot on, like, thing, like kind of just recipes that my mom would make or things that were inspired by what we had growing up um, by her and my dad. My dad's also a good cook. Um, but that kind of helped me feel connected to my family. And then we were also talking about, you and I, um, when we were um, having wine and cheese, um, like when you travel, experiencing somewhere, something elsewhere, and then bringing it back, and then it like becomes just a part of your lifestyle. And there was one food memory that was like not as delicious. I was in Spain studying for the summer, and my host family was like so amazing, like these incredible people, and... Um, our host mom was like so excited about her food and I ate more food than I have ever eaten like in a day every day I was there um to the point that I almost like 
got kind of anxious like going to eat because I was like I'm gonna have to eat so much food and she's not gonna let me stop <laughs> until I eat all of it um but one night we had like a a guest and my Spanish was not perfect but what I understood was like he was a friend of the family uh-huh. he had like come in from a different town he was like an older man he didn't have any teeth so my host mom had made like this very particular thing for him it was like <laughs> I'll just say, like, when I first ate it, I was like, this is amazing. Like, what are these flavors? And then it slowly dawned on me that it was actually, like, disgusting. <laughs> so it was it was a sponge cake, like, um, kind of like a, there was a sweetness to it, and it was like a cinnamon, like a, a roll cake. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you would sort of fill it, like, with a jelly or, like, with a, okay. a cream, and it just, like, rolls onto itself, like a jelly roll. Is that what that's called? Okay, so it was, like... It was that material, but instead of, like, filling being sweet, she made, like, this seafood, like, paste, (laughs) and so she, like, put it in there and rolled that stuff up, sliced it up, and, you know, every day I didn't know what I was going to eat, so I bit into it, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, what an amazing combination of flavors, like, I've never tasted anything like this so I start telling her like this is the most delicious thing this man is clearly enjoying it because it doesn't require a lot of chewing (laughs) and then I realize I've made a terrible mistake because they think that I love this and they're already like encouraging me to eat all the food and it turns out the other student I was with was like gone that day so I ate like four pieces of that seafood cake Stella and so, <laughs> seafood and cake should not be in the same sentence. It really should not. Um, so I feel like I have a lot of memories related to food. Some good, some just wild. Like, honestly, it's a good memory, yeah. but I would never eat that again. <laughs> That's That sounds like an adventure of food. I'm really impressed that you ate that, though. Like, oh that you gosh. went through with it. I, I'm not good at hiding my uh, taste bud reactions. Yeah. Uh, one of those like more bad food memories. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, I was I went to France and England on like people to people student ambassador tour. Yeah. So it was like no parents. It was like a kind of like a school tour, but not people you went to school with. And I remember being so excited, like I'm gonna try escargot and frog legs and like French cuisine. And most of the besides learning to love the Napoleon cake and find it at every bakery in America, um, hunted down. I did not enjoy the French food there because they took us to, like, cheap places, and it was just not yummy. Mm-hmm. And one place we went, there was, like, this rice and, like, saucy – they said it was chicken, and we were all convincing each other as, like, 12-year-olds that it was horse meat. <laughs> and we were like, we just ate horse. Like, that was disgusting. Like – you and it was terrible chicken like or beef or who knows what it was maybe it was horse but then when we got the frog legs it was like the worst quality frog legs and it was like a leftover chicken wing at like the grocery store like (laughs) chicken bar you know like that had been on the little bake cart like and dried out so, like, there was not even any, like, juicy meat on it. It was just, like, like crunchy, like, dry, hard frog leg. Terrible. 
And then the escargot were like, looked like you microwaved that. Like it was not like fresh, did not look like cooked well. It was just like this sad, like soggy little black, like snail. And it wasn't in the shell. It was like in this little like carton or something. I don't remember. It was like in this weird dish. And it was just like kind of like eating oysters, but I don't like oysters, you know? And I think I licked it and was like, nah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I don't want to eat this. But that's the fun of traveling, you know, and eating. You don't even have to travel to another country, you know. Just pop in a random restaurant or a different cuisine and try something or see something. And sometimes it'll surprise you and be good. And other times you'll never want to eat that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we learned a lot. I know. Fish cake, though. That's like, Mm -hmm. you know, the emoji. Mm -hmm. That's like a white little, like, circle-y, squiggly thing with a pink swirl on it. Yeah. Isn't that what that is? It's actually a fish cake. It looks like it would be a dessert, right? It's called a fish cake. (laughs) And I learned this because I got ramen at, like, a fancy ramen shop once. And there was, like, like, an egg on it and, like, onion and mushroom and, like, all these things. And this little thing, I was like, hey, it's the emoji. And I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, sweet or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And I remember, like, taking a bite or smelling it or something. And someone's like, oh, that's a fish cake. And I was like, uh, what? Like, how does fish turn into this, like, hard jelly-like mm-hmm. weird form squeezed shape with pink swirl on it? Right. Didn't make any sense to me. I think I took a nibble and was like, nah it was like i i mean people eat it all the time it's a big thing so much so there's an emoji about it but i am not a fan nah. don't recommend it uh fish related desserts no that's its own podcast fish desserts <laughs> now a word from our sponsor <laughs> fish cakes you thought rice cakes were good You thought chocolate cakes were good, but have you tried fish cakes? It's like if you took all the dead fish that you were going to throw in the trash and put it in a blender with some gelatin and food coloring and squeezed it in a Play-Doh toy tin and then baked it. Fish cakes found at your local Asian market or ramen shop. Thanks to Fish Cakes for sponsoring this episode. 